This is LBC, leading Britain's conversation. Mystery Hour with James O'Brien. Call 0345 6060 973. Tweet at LBC. Text 84850. Mystery Hour with James O'Brien on LBC. Six minutes after 12, talk about a crunching gear change, talk about a change of pace, a change of mood. (laughs) They're rarely going to be more crunching than this. It's time for our weekly adventure into the shallow end of our shared time together, into the the world of silliness, seriousness, information that you want and information that you'll never need again, known as Mystery Hour. It's seven minutes after 12, so we're a little bit late off off the marks this morning, partly because, well, no, entirely because... Uh, Jackie was uh, an irresistible lady in so many ways, wasn't she? I I wasn't going to cut her off early or in her prime in order to accommodate the news, but it does mean that you've got got to be quick if you want to get a question on the board. Give me a moment and I will explain to those of you who don't know exactly what happens next. You know those newspaper columns, of course you do, where a reader writes in and says, why is it that, or what do we do this for, or where does that come from, what does this mean, who, why, what, where, when, whither, whence, even the odd wherefore, what happened, what resulted, all of those uh, interrogatory pronouns, all of those questions... And the newspaper columns then invite readers to, to, to chip in with possible answers, and sometimes the answers evolve over a period of time, and after a couple of weeks you might actually get a solution, an answer to your mystery. Well, this is the, the, the radio equivalent of that, with the chief difference being that you'll get your answer today. If you've got a question that you want um, answered, wh- wherever it's come from, whether it's come from your meanderings in the midnight hour, whether it's come from your, your, your children's homework, or whether it's something that's been preying on your mind for minutes i I don't care we do the very very serious some of our most frequent contributors to the program as answerers are are professors (laughs) and some of our most frequent questioners we could comfortably say are not so there is no rule except if it's dull we won't do it and if we've done it before we won't do it other than that any question at all that you think must have an answer but you don't know what the answer is hit the numbers now you will get through and i won't be saying that very often in the course of the next hour oh three four five six oh six oh 973 is the number that you need. If you hear somebody ask a question to which you know the answer, then you have to ring in, otherwise your radio will melt. And the number you need to ring is exactly the same. 0345 6060 973. I'll try and get something up via Twitter as well, for those of you, the growing numbers of you who enjoy Mystery Hour via podcast rather than live. I think we've had a couple of submissions this week, but you'll understand after the last two hours, if you've been listening, um, uh, why I'm I'm a little bit... uh, what would the word be? What word would you use? Not quite shaky, but just, uh, yeah, all right, I'm a little bit discombobulated by, by, the, by the sheer power and bravery of the callers that we've had the privilege of meeting already on the programme. Rest assured, things couldn't be more different moving forward. It is time for Mystery Hour. Paul, Paul's, Paul's pleased. He's already tweeted to say, I'm on holiday in Miami, James, but I'm up early to listen to Mystery Hour. It's the first time I've ever listened live. <laughs> I don't know who you're on holiday with, but that would <laughs> be a tough one to get past Mrs. O'Brien, Paul, I've got to tell you. Uh, let's go to Dylan in Islington first. Dylan, what is your question? Hi, um, my question was that uh, after an election, the Queen sort of asked the leader of a winning party to form a government. What would happen if uh, a party won an overall majority, but the leader of that party lost his or her seat? Easy. They'd, they'd, someone would fall on their sword and, and they'd parachute someone else into the seat. They parachute the leader into the vacated seat. Is that is What's wrong? 
You still there? Dylan has fainted at the depth of my knowledge. Has he? Or something? I'm not sure. Oh, probably I'm wrong. He might have fainted at my idiocy. I'm not sure. Should we leave the question? I'm pretty sure that's what happens. Can you... Ch but do, no, actually, you have to have a by-election. Can if you... Res don't you? So... Actually, Dylan, I apologise. I, I think I jumped the gun a little there. What happens if the party wins? So imagine if Nick Clegg win wins the general election and uh, loses his seat in Sheffield Hallam as a result. What would happen then? Who, who would be Prime Minister? Uh, Luke is in... Ca Luke is in Cowley. Question or answer, Luke? Afternoon, James. It's a question. Go on, then. This one comes from my little boy. It may be a silly one. I'm not sure, but I couldn't answer it. Um, he asked me the other day where wind comes from. Where, 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 where does it... Like wind as in the wind's blowing, not, not the other. Not beans. But, no, no, no. Not where beans. does wind come from? Yeah, but I, I couldn't answer it. I had no idea. Those are my yeah, favourite sort. Those are my favourite sort of mystery hour questions. It's my worst sort of phone line, Luke. So we'll cut it short there. But the notion of um, uh, yeah, that, that was something that we both in, we all encounter every single day without ever actually properly understanding it. Someone will. Someone of a meteorological bent will have a will have a line on that. Where does wind come from? And what happens if the party that wins a majority in a general election sees its own leader lose? their his or her seat i like both of those questions it gives uh, it gives newcomers an idea of, of, of what mr Air is like as well uh crispin is in bath question or answer crispin it's a question carry on um i'd like to know what the origins of the red carpet are why why do we now suddenly have this tradition of anyone from you don't know who they are celebrities to royalty walking up a red carpet i knew this once and i've forgotten it's, it's my age crispin kicking in no, there was a, there is a specific because I, I grew up in Kidderminster, as I may have mentioned a few times, and Kidderminster used to be the carpet capital of the free world. Right. You, you don't sound impressed by that. Well, um, I mean, I I don't know if it, if it stems from um, the the traditions of of gentlemen in the oldie times placing their jacket over puddles for ladies, and then suddenly. I don't know if that was a commonplace thing. I think Walter Raleigh did it for Queen Elizabeth, but I don't know if it was if it was normal behaviour on a. On a daily basis, the red is something Roman. Putting down rose petal, rose petals going behind a chariot. Uh, 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 is that that's not it helping? Could be, but I mean, because I, I understand that blue was the colour of distinguished people because back in the times, because it's such a rarity. Purple in Rome, but they're probably sort of blue blood. Why are we even talking? You phoned in because you don't know, and I don't know either. So, frankly, we should clear the line for someone who does know, shouldn't we? <laughs> that'd be great <laughs> <laughs> red carpets and wind something for everybody philip's in causton question or answer philip it's a question james yes uh my son was in hospital recently and um he was wondering uh, what would you call a male sister so if a man was a sister on a ward would he be called a brother <laughs> 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 I, I, I how bizarre that we've never thought of that before either. Just... Yeah, I, I spoke to my daughter who's, who's looking at taking up mental health, um, but she said that she thinks that they stopped the name uh, or the term sister in around 2010. And but even so, something they're probably called something correct now, like you know, ward managers or whatever. Yes. But even if you can put the caveat in there that when there were sisters, um, what were the brothers called? Male, male nurses who achieve the rank of sister. Are, 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 well, that's a lovely question. I hope we get an answer to that. I hope it isn't sort of the case that it never actually happened, so they never actually had to come up with a new name. Well, I'm not sure, because the other thing my, my daughter said was that in the early days that uh, nurses were, 
were all women. So as soon as they got married, um, they had to stop. So That's right. Yes. It may be that, that, that men weren't encouraged into the nursing. Uh, in well, if there is an answer, we will... In- How old's your boy? Uh, my boy's nine, no, 20, 20 now. <laughs> well, I thought you were going to say about eight, so he's come out of hospital at the age of 20 and asked what the male... <laughs> oh, well, I'll tell you what, I won't, I won't ask his name and send him a lollipop in that case, Philip. <laughs> but we will still, despite his advancing years, we'll still try and get him an answer. Uh, Mr. Yarr is upon us. What happens if a party wins a general election but the leader loses his or her seat? Where does wind come from, the origins of the red carpet tradition, and what do you call in a hospital environment a male sister? I'm James O'Brien. This is LBC. It's 12.15. This is LBC. It's 20 minutes after 12 and you are listening to James O'Brien on LBC as Mystery Hour continues. Questions in search of answers. What happens if the party wins a general ele- wins a majority but the leader loses their seat? Who forms a government? Where does wind come from? And the answer is not beans. We're looking at the meteorological elements. Origins of the red carpet, uh, for obvious reasons. And one that I don't think is going to detain us very long. <laughs> what do you call a male sister in a, in a nursing kind of environment? Let's start with John in Guildford. John, question or answer? Answer. Carry on, John. Um, the one about who will become Prime Minister? Yes. The parties have deputy leaders. They do. The deputy leader would go to the, to the, par- to, to the palace and form a government. Oh. In due course, the leader himself would get a seat. As you say, somebody would fall on his sword, go to the Lords or whatever. The man would be re-elected and then would, um, would take over, presumably, unless the, unless the deputy leader who was Prime Minister went on. But basically, it, it would be the... Um, the, the deputy leader of the party who would go to the palace. It's a, it's a, I mean, it's a definitive answer, in, indubitably. Do you know what I mean when I say it's also it's a disappointing answer? I'm sorry. Well, no, I don't. I don't mean that in a personal way. I just, I'm, <laughs> I'm letting you up. <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping for some sort of Byzantine constitutional tradition that would kick in and uh, it would involve, I don't know, the Chiltern Hundreds or the or the West Lothian question or something like that. But it was not to be. Of course, the deputy, as in most situations, would step up to the plate if the if the chief man or woman was uh, was unable to. Qualifications, John? Uh, well, none really. <laughs> I've I been a voter for fifty odd years. <laughs> And it's earned you a round of applause. Thank you. Thank you. 22 after 12. Remember, every time a phone line is vacated by somebody like John, it, it, it could be um, whatever the opposite of vacated is occupied by you on 03456060973. And I can put a red line through the first question of the day. Barbara is in Seven Oaks. Barbara, question or answer? Answer. Go on. The male equivalent to a sister is. For a male nurse, is called a charge nurse. Are they all called charge nurses now? All male members of staff are called charge nurses. Do get some male matrons. What are they called? Matron. Really? Yes. Matron, not patron. Matron. Male matrons. Yeah, we've got them a lot. They're very, very high up at the moment. Are they? There's a lot of male matrons around. And a female charge nurse is still called sisters. Sister, but the male uh, nurses are all called charge nurses. Qualifications? Midwives. <laughs> Round of applause. Thank you. Oh, that was easy. David's in Edmonton. David, question or answer? Hello, James. Yes, it's an answer. Come on, then. It's where wind comes from. Yes. Right. You've seen on the um, weather forecast, you see the ISO bars on a weather map. Yeah? Yeah. 
Now, that is a measure of atmospheric pressure. Yeah. And wind is merely air molecules moving across the gradient or differential of atmospheric pressure. That's it. Mate, I've no idea what you're talking about. Well, From what to what? From where to where? It is air molecules moving across the differential of atmospheric pressure. It's, it's not helping, is it? <laughs> what, 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 imagine I was ten years old. Explain it again. Right. I, I can't, because that's hey? the answer. Well, oh, you've got to. Come on. No, because you're not ten. You're 42. How <laughs> else do you know that? I never mentioned my age on this track. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I can't accept that because I don't understand it. Now that's not fair on you, really, is it? Because I'm sure it's correct. But if I can't understand it, I can't I can't give you a round of applause. You surely don't want to try and make it sound a bit more simple. Well, I, I don't know how I can make it more simple. Yeah, all right. I mean, I mean, I'll take a bit of jit, mate. But it is my show. <laughs> <laughs> so, what is atmospheric pressure then? Right. You you've seen the isobars on the weather map. Well, I know what they are. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they measure the p- the pressure. In the atmosphere, I don't know what the pressure of what it. Ah, you see, is. so someone else might be able to explain it better. They, they might well do, but you know, <laughs> so I, I shall listen. What creates wind? Different molecules, molecules of air moving at different atmospheric levels creates no, wind. Ac- no, across the gradient of different atmospheric pressures. Anyone? No, sorry, mate. I can't do it, David. And it's entirely my own fault. I feel really bad, but I, I just can't do it. If I can't, if I can't understand it, does anyone understand it? It's not happening. Oh, I feel bad about that. I feel so bad. Let's crack on. Steve's in team. Steve, question or answer? Question, James. Carry on, mate. Why is it that um, monks have a bald spot on the top of their head? I don't think they do anymore. I think it was uh, rescinded. Or by did pa- they? Why pa- did they? Rescinded by papal order in about 1972, if memory serves. You refer to the tonsura, the tonsure. Yes. It's like an episode of QI, this now, isn't it? <laughs> but, but why, though? They but don't know is- why. I mean, it's a sign of religious devotion. I-, I was taught by monks who were Benedictine, so they didn't have the tonsure. And we used to speculate when we studied it that it was so that in medieval times, like in Henry VIII's time, before the dissolution of the monasteries, the monks were a pretty game bunch, you know? They were pretty racy. Yeah. In a lo- and, and the idea that if they had a tonsure shaved into the top of their head, they couldn't go around pretending not to be monks in their spare time. But the real reason uh. probably goes back... You know when you see Orthodox Jews and they've got the locks of hair <laughs> growing right down yeah. the... S- they're not allowed to shave the side of their head. So the original origin of the tonsure is probably the Torah, where you simply weren't allowed to shave the sides of your head, and that would have especially with male pattern boldness over the years, that would have evolved into deliberately shaving the top of your head and having hair right, on the sides. Right, So is that definitive then, is it? Yeah, oh, pretty much, mate. And because my parents are fortunate to send me to that school, so I've, I've got to get something <laughs> out of it every now and then. <sighs> OK, thanks very much. Thank you very much. Thank you. And there's my round of applause. Uh, I don't want any stewards' inquiries today. I'm too tired. Ricky's in Waterloo. Ricky, question or answer? Uh, I've got a question for you. Yeah, go on. Uh, basically, I was looking the other day and I wondered, on a passport, why um, does every answer have French after it and not any other language? Why only English and then French? How do you mean? So when you when you look at your passport, you've got your name, it says name, and then it says prénom in French, So and then it has your name, and then it says English, it says anglais next to it, slash. Oh. It's always got English or your name, slash... Prénom, and then your name. Prénom. And I was thinking, yeah. Prénom. Why, why in why, the French? 
Yeah, why, why is it a French uh, um, language uh, on the British passport and uh, not uh, other language? Have you seen... I don't know. Is it, but I, did Nord, William the Conqueror. Norman Conqueror. When do we get first part? When were passports introduced? That's a good question for next week. When were well, the first passports you, introduced? Yeah. I mean, there I was a point. There was a point in the last then. in the last thousand years. We were a bilingual nation, weren't we? At yeah. some point, I don't know when that sort of went out. In fact, it's not going to be that, is it? They didn't have ten sixty six. They didn't have passports. <laughs> I just wonder, because obviously you can have Spanish, German, or... I yeah, no, mate, like I know other... You don't just have to yeah. list languages for me. I'm familiar no, with no, the no. existence of other languages. <laughs> other la- So, English, obviously, French, why? Yeah. And then, yeah. once French, why, why not any others? Exactly. You're on. Sweet. Indeed it is. Jake's in Leatherhead. Jake, question or answer? Uh, I don't, I've got an answer to the wind. <laughs> well, I'm going to try, anyway. Go on. Um... Right, well, the Earth is surrounded by atmosphere, air. Yeah. And that atmosphere, that air, is heated in very sort of different degrees. Of course. You know, some, some parts are daytime, sometimes are night. Yeah. Uh, so those different areas heated. So the areas that heat expand, and the areas that are colder are either... You've done it. No, you've done it. You've, d- you've done it. you've done it. I get it. It's all, it's all, it's all, all it is, is the air expands into the... Best. But it's a very, and very it, small and phenomenon as far as the Earth's concerned. It's just that tiny little creature still the air moving. Got you. Round of applause for Jake. Oh, hang on. Qualifications. Uh, as Joe X said, I'm a reader. You're a what? I'm a reader. <laughs> no, indeed. And that's per- perfect. That's it. I get it now. I just didn't get it with David. Sorry, David. You could have done it, but you didn't, so you don't. It's coming up to half past twelve. You're listening to James O'Brien on LBC. Mystery Hour continues. We're chucking them off today, aren't we? We've done the wind. Red carpet. Please, origins of the red carpet. Why? Why do we lay down the red carpet for, well, it used to be for royalty, as the questioner suggested, especially if you work where I work, in London's fashionable Leicester Square. Some of the people waltzing up the red carpet outside these cinemas on a regular basis, you wouldn't know them from Adam or Eve. Uh, Tonsures we've done, so passports. Why French on a British passport? Why red carpets? It's half past twelve. James O'Brien on LBC. It's 26 minutes to one. You are listening to LBC, where uh, we continue with Mystery Hour, our weekly search for uh, resolution, closure, call it what you will. I will continue to do that, continue to take your questions. We'll start with Paul in Lowestoft. Paul, question or answer? Oh, hi, James. Uh, question. Right. I'm a first-time caller. You're very welcome. Um, just wondering, with all the sort of human intelligence about at the moment, where we can crack the Enigma codes and our boffins can decipher encoded messages, why we've never managed to crack another species' language, even whether that's dolphins or dogs. You thought, you'd have thought we would have been able to sort of communicate with at least one other species by now. I'd have well, no, why that's I think impossible. you're looking at the wrong end of the telescope, I think, Paul. Because yeah. you're, 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 you're sort of imagining animals having a language as sophisticated as ours. Yeah. But they don't. When, so, when you listen to like, the recordings of, of whales or dolphins, there's lots of clicks and whirs, and they must must mean something. Maybe with dogs, obviously, they just bark. But they communicate. They don't sort of have chats about what they did last night. They just communicate. There's food over here. There's danger over there. They're, they're, I mean, we know. We could. You can. You can see it in, in, in wildlife all the time. Adults who've learned the, the, the tricks, whether they're horse whisperers or people that spend a lot of time with mountain gorillas, Barbara Watts for Chops, or, or the, you know, the Born Free Foundation. And also dog trainers. You, you have to be the alpha dog, don't you? You have to be yeah. the, the leader of the pack. So that, that we have learned how they communicate with each other, just not in a way that would ever allow them to communicate back in a way that we'd recognise as our language. Yeah, no, fair enough, yeah. 
So I, I don't think. I mean, what, there's a chance, isn't there, that there is a higher level of consciousness on on a on a yeah. species. Dolphins, especially, like I say, the big lots of clicks and words, and it's quite it, that we haven't to... tapped into yet. Maybe they are having more sophisticated conversations than we realise. But I don't know how we'd ever work that out. Yeah. Really. Oh, okay. No, that's that's the. Uh... I'll take that one if I may. Yeah, you can. Yeah. Thank, thank you, Paul. Thank you very much. Thanks. All right. Thank you. Uh, hey, Luke's and Cowley, you've already been on. Hello, James. Oh. Uh, well, I the line's a bit better for you now. Yes, I, I want to call for a, a steward's inquiry. What? I don't know how I'm supposed to explain to a seven-year-old that answer, because I don't understand it. So, I don't Wait, What answer? Which, one, which question well, was it? Yeah, where does wind come from? Yeah, you know, I'm supposed right. to tell him it's, it's wind molecules expanding and yeah. contracting. He's going to say to me, well, where does the big gust of wind come from? How old is he? Seven. Imagine me explaining it to your kids. Yeah, I am doing. Well, what do you want me to do? Do you want me to have a crack at it, or do you want me to reopen the phone lines on it? Well, it's your show. It's up to you. But I'd just like to be able to go home and say, James got you your answer earlier, you know, you, you've helped me out before, and he'd come up with it, and I said I'd know a man that would be able to get him an answer. So you mean like a down. specific gust of wind? Where does that come from? Yeah, exactly. All exactly. Right. That's what he's going to want to know. He's seven. All right. So all of the air is made up of tiny, tiny, tiny molecules. What's, what's a molecule? A molecule is a tiny... Imagine the smallest thing you can imagine. That's what the whole world is made of, right? Like the smallest building bricks. Okay, Tiny, yeah, tiny Lego. Tiny, tiny invisible Lego. Right. Right? And when it gets hot, each little tiny bit of Lego grows. Gets a bit bigger. When it gets smaller... Every tiny, tiny little bit of invisible Lego, when it gets colder, every tiny bit of invisible Lego gets smaller. Right? Right. You with me? Yeah, I'm with you, but whoever he will be, he's... Uh, what, invisible what? Lego? He's seven! This is all his oh. dreams come true! <laughs> so you've got okay. invisible Lego, that is what all of the world is made of, including the air. Tiny, tiny little Lego bricks. When they get hot, they get bigger. When they get cold, they get smaller. Now, that is movement, right? When it gets okay. so so they move, and if there's lots of them in one place, like getting heated up by the sun, and they're all expanding, that's quite a big movement. And and you know, get him to move his hand in front of his face, and he'll feel the wind. So imagine a balloon being blown up really, really quickly. It's going to create. It's going to move all the little Lego bricks that were around it. It's going to expand. It's going to create a waft. And imagine that on a really big scale. There's wind. All right, I tell you, I'll, I'll give it a go. I'll explain it to him like that, and if uh, if he's not happy with it, then I'll come back to you next week. Well, we'll let you explain it to him. It's a shame it's not half term, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I should have had this question last week. <laughs> should have done it I mean, last. I'd have got him on the phone. Yeah. <laughs> well, all right, okay. Well, watch this space. I can't do a better job than that. I don't think. I mean, invisible Lego—that's pretty good for explaining atmospheric pressure to a seven-year-old. Richard's in Loughton. Richard, question or answer? I've got a question, please, James. Yes. Um, if the care of like, young children is paediatrics... Yes. ...and the care for older folk is geriatrics, um, what's the care of people like me in the between? In betweeniatrics? Yeah. I think there's medicine that's specific to all human beings... And then there's conditions that are specific to children or specific to old people. I don't think there are any conditions specific to people whose bodies are over the line or people whose bodies haven't grown yet. Do you see what I mean? 
I do. I don't think there's a specific... I think everything that a doctor does for you, he could also do for a child or an old person, but it's not a two-way traffic. So the things that they can only do for old people or or, or children don't apply to you because you're not old or a child. You're just a human. Are you sure? No. And what age would you become (laughs) a geriatric? I don't know. I'm 50. Do I become a geriatric at... I don't know. It's fine, or 60 or 70. You might already be there, Richard. It depends what you like on the inside. Oh, I mean, I'm trying to keep it after myself, James, you know. Yeah, yeah, fair enough, fair enough. All right, so, look, I made that up, so I can't give myself a round of applause for that either way, can I? (laughs) So we need, what's the, so paediatrics, geriatrics, when, when are you, when do you stop being a paediatric patient? When do you start being a geriatric patient? And is there a name for all the patients in between? That'd be great. I like that. Thank you. Oh three four five six oh six oh nine seven three is the number to call. Hurry up, please, if you can uh, answer that question or any of the others. Still want to know why there's a French section on a passport. We still want to know what the origins of the red carpet is. I thought that'd be really, really easy. Um, Sarko's in Fulham. Sarko, question or answer? Answer, James. Yes. It's an answer to why there's why there's French in the passport. Oh, good. Go on. So for centuries, before English became the predominant language, French was the international language for diplomacy. The the lingua franca. The lingua franca, exactly. Uh. So all diplomats, all and all diplomatic documents uh, across the world were were exchanged in in French language, in the French language. Which is... No, I mean, that's a a beautiful answer, and of course that is what lingua franca means, literally, isn't it? Exactly, yes. What are your qualifications, Sarko? I'm francophonic. Francophonic. Well, I think you should get, you should get that looked at. <laughs> <laughs> That's perfect. Very much. Round of applause for, 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 for Sarko. <laughs> Stefan actually texted the, the, the same answer with the qualification that, I, that, that he is French, uh, as opposed to French-speaking. Like, I think that's what francophonic means. Mark's on the M1. Mark, question or answer? Question, please. Go on. Where on earth do flies disappear to at winter? Yeah, all right, I like that. Uh, do I like that? Where, where do they go? You don't, you just don't see them. No, you don't. We don't live for very long, but... Yeah. They can't uh, well, just all could die it be, off because I, they come back again. Yeah, but you know, I think I might know the answer to this, bizarrely. If you've got um, carpet bugs or fleas in your house, they can be dormant. Yeah. They can be dormant for years if it's cold, right? And, and, and it, when, right. They get, when it warms up a bit, they hatch. So I suspect flies don't have a very long shelf life, a very long life. They, they all die towards the end of summer, but they've laid eggs that in the cold winter don't hatch. And then when things warm up again, the eggs hatch and there come the flies. And the flies, the, the eggs are so tiny that you don't, you don't notice them. That's why you get a, head, a, a real problem with flies if they lay their eggs in a light fitting. Have you ever seen that? Yes, I have, yeah. That would make sense, wouldn't it? Yeah. So they leave their eggs behind over winter when it's cold, and when it warms up, the eggs hatch. You've got maggots, uh, and then you've got flies. Oh, get in. You're, okay. having, you're uh, having that, uh, aren't you? Yeah, I, I, I accept that. Thank you very much. I, that's got to be definitive. I mean, I, that's got to be definitive, hasn't it? Yeah, I'm taking that one as well. Stop, don't look at me like that. That was a comprehensive and definitive answer to a very good question. Uh, Ian's in air. Ian, question or answer? Answer. Carry on. The one to paediatrics, geriatrics, and lump in the middle. The lump in the middle, yes. <laughs> uh, paediatrics runs to 16. 
Geriatrics, you're no longer allowed to call people geriatric, by the way. Are you not? What do you, what do you call them now? Care of the elderly. Oh, okay. And that starts at 55. 55? God. <laughs> and the lump in the middle, general medicine. General medicine, of course. So these would be conditions that are specific to people under 16 or over 55? Yeah. And everything else, general medicine. They also get general medicine, but they don't get the things that are specific to the specific age. Yeah, so care of the elderly, you've got some people who've decided to form a subset and become care of the elderly physicians. Uh, Pediatric, you've got some folk who can handle with youngsters. And then the rest. Like it. Qualifications, Ian? Oh, set five years as a medical rep. That'll do. And it's earned you this. Thank you very much. Uh, this is LBC. I am James O'Brien. It is 12.45. Nine mystery hour is almost over. In fact, it's been a, a particularly curtailed mystery hour this week, hasn't it? We didn't get going until seven after 12. And I know, you're, you're like me, you're still reeling from the news that you become a... Uh, not geriatric, we don't use that word anymore, but you become relevant for care of the elderly at the age of 55, apparently. Unbelievable. I, I mean, I, I'm in my prime. It's ten to one. Uh, Patrick's in Lewisham. Patrick, question or answer? Yeah. Hello, James. Hello, Good Patrick. Afternoon. Hello. First time caller. Well, where have you been all my life? Uh, I've been uh, probably. Um, that's, a, that's a good question. Oh, well, I, I'm not going to be able to answer it. <laughs> Do you get round of applause for things like that? What for, what? for what? I'm just thinking. You, you, I think you gave yourself a round of applause that you didn't deserve. Doesn't sound like me, Patrick. <laughs> um, about flies. No, that was a perfect answer. It wasn't because if flies seeking refuge. Um, where the light shades are, then they're, they're warm, aren't they? Yeah, which but is why they still come out in winter. I thought they didn't last. No, the, the eggs stay for, for ages. It's only when they get hot that they hatch, which is why you sometimes get an infestation of flies in winter, and then when you trace it, it turns out there's someone who's laid eggs in your light fitting. Very good. Thank I you. you Can I, another, round, well. r- another round of applause for me, please. <laughs> there you go, Patrick. Ah, now, what did you ring to ask? Uh, why is it traditional for people to have grapes from their visitors in hospital? Oh, I like that. Grapes in hospitals, why? Why do you take grapes to a poorly person? I mean, vitamins and stuff like that, but you could take them a box of oranges, couldn't you? Yeah, could, yeah. Easy to eat, no peel. That's right. Might be it. I don't know. And there are seeds in some grapes, and I wouldn't have thought that was too healthy. No, you're right. And, of course, the seedless is a relatively recent invention, which probably came after the, the, the popularity of taking grapes into hospitals. I quite like that. Thank you, Patrick. Uh, Daniel's in Leighton. Daniel, question or answer? Well, it's an answer, Mr James L.B. Yeah, come on, then. Right, it's about the red carpet. Yeah. Right, it originates from a Greek play, right, in the 5th century. Now, basically, the king, Greek king's wife set him up to be killed using a red carpet. Hey. Yep. It's it's part of the play. I think this is probably like the, you know, the climax of the play where basically he steps, he walks, she puts down the red carpet for him to walk and basically he walks up to the door on the red carpet, which he shouldn't have been doing anyway because in those days, carpets were laid out as a way to honour gods, but not necessarily red carpets because as you said, purple was the colour of high society so basically in the play he makes a quote where he was saying basically boy i shouldn't have stepped on this rug 
look what it's caused me. But really and truly, he's thinking it's the gods punishing him, but no, it's his wife killing him. How does the carpet kill him, then? No, he walks on the carpet and she whacks him over the head and he steps in the house. I think you might you might be sort of onto it, but it's not sounding very definitive. What play is it? It is. I don't know the name of the play, but it's got the king's name is. Are you looking this up? A, you, a gammonum. You're a completely gammonum. cheating, you little so and so. No, I'm not. You're not allowed to look stuff up. No, it's called Agamemnon. You're looking it up, you cheat. Cheating. You, you're not allowed to look stuff up on Mystery Hour. No, I asked somebody. No, you didn't, because then they'd have pronounced it correctly. Agamemnon. I don't know how it's... I don't know, Agamemnon... Something like that, yeah. Yeah. What was his what wife was... called? Huh? What was his wife called? I don't know. He didn't... No, my friend didn't tell me that part. What friend is this? Um, it's one of my friends. He, he knows, um... He knows a lot about Greek. So why are you asking him about red carpets? Because I just asked a friend. You are absolutely busted, mate. Busted? Tell me the truth. Truth? Tell me the truth. You looked it up. You were trying to read no, it. No, I asked a friend. Agamemnon. I, yeah, I don't know how you say it, but... Husband of Clytemnestra. See, I don't know that part, but... Well, that's, I can't... That's, and, and that's I can't, maybe I, what I got all right then. Well, I, all right. I'll, I'll withdraw the accusation of cheating because you're not. That you're not. Is, I don't know the. I don't know the name properly. You said something like that, Agamemnon, and something like that. I don't yeah, know. but I can't let you have but the... that. But that, yeah. I okay, fair enough. But as I said, that's what I said. I called a friend, and that's what I got told. But you rang a friend up especially. No, I rang him about the red carpet to ask him if he knew. But why would but... you think your friend who knows a lot about ancient Greece would know about the red carpet? I didn't know it was something to do. I didn't know it was to do with his special subject, but I phoned him up and he, he, he said to me, oh, well, I yeah, I know now. that. Cause I feel bad the, now. Does anyone, else feel, does anyone else feel bad now for, for Daniel? I no, feel, I don't yeah. have to. You don't have to. No? But I, I, can't give you, I can't give you a round of applause. Uh, no, you know what? Just, I'm a first-time caller, so, you know, just um, even, you know, getting this little airtime with you, that's, that's, that's uh, honour enough. All right, now, now I feel bad. No, I feel, <laughs> no, I feel really bad. You couldn't and, play. You um, didn't have to play that card, Daniel. And to be honest, yeah. No, I'll no, no. Enough thing, now. Yeah? Enough you now. You said about ages, yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I'm not. There's no, there's no age range for Mystery Hour, you know. Uh, this is true. This is. Uh, there's uh, no because I'm in my. I'm. I am actually currently in my prime. I won't tell you my age, but I'm in my prime. I'm and I'm, my prime. I, I, I'm an avid listener to Mystery Hour, so. <laughs> Give him a round of applause. <laughs> but I'm not, that's not for the answer. I don't, I don't, I just, oh, man, Origins of the Red Carpet. Quickly, before home time. You've only got three minutes. Nick's in Sydney. Nick, question or answer? Uh, it's a question. All right. All right. First time caller. You're very welcome. Hello. Uh, my question is, how does my nan and granddad's apple tree grow pears when there's not a pear tree? It grows apples and pears, but yes. it grows pears when there's not an apple tree, a uh, pear tree around it anywhere inside. Splicing. Say that again. Splicing. Okay. There's an apple Splicing. tree. There's an apple tree somewhere that grows about 300 different types of apples because over the years, if you take a branch off a pear tree, slice it down the middle, and take the branch off the apple tree, slice it down the middle, and then tape it up, yeah. it will grow together, and you'll get pears out of the branch right. that was off the my pear nan, tree. It, 
in my defence, my nan and granddad's um, apple tree doesn't have any. They've never spliced it or anything no, like that. It's but they didn't plant goes. it; they inherited it. Yeah, it's only only occurred in the last three or four years, and what? they're nineties. Yeah, and they're, they're in their nineties. You know what I mean? So I don't see how it could just happen. Well, I, 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 I oh, hang on, it's magic. It's magic. Yeah, I can't take that as an answer. What? Well, you wouldn't take the right answer. So what's wrong with magic? How long have they lived Mag- in the house? Uh, fifty years, forty years. And the and the pears only started appearing in the last three or four years. In the last three or four years, yeah. And my granddad hasn't been slicing pear pear branches, to apple trees. Well, don't don't make it sound like it's a strange thing to do. All right. No, I'm just saying he, well, does, he hasn't. He hasn't why didn't you ring in earlier? We're not going to get an answer to this now. Clear the, I'm clear sorry, the lines. I'll ring, I'll ring back next week. No, I'll, no, I'll no, put no, it back. Clear next the lines week. quickly. Let's see if someone can come right. in. How would a pear appear on an apple tree for the first time? Some sort of in the last three or four years, when the tree's been there for thirty or forty years. Quickly, clear the phone lines so someone can get in in the last minute because we need an answer to that one. I don't know if we're going to nail grapes in, in uh, and red carpets. We haven't done red carpets either. <sighs> Dave's in Stratford. Dave, question or answer? Here's a question, James. Oh, come off it! Can't you answer any of those? I would like to. Unfortunately, I can't. All right, go on. Um, right, why is it when you go for a meal or you eat your dinner, you put your knife and fork together after you've finished your meal and not to the other side of the plate? I was out with my uh, little girl the other day, and uh, she asked me that same question. So, that, so, 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 so that they know that you've finished? Really? Is yeah. that the answer, James? Yeah, it is, because often the waiting staff might have been speaking English or Anglo-Saxon, and they'd be serving nobles who only spoke French, so they wouldn't be able to say, Oi. John, I've finished. You'd put your knife and fork together and that would deliver the message to the waiting staff that they had indeed wanted their plate taken away. And the reason you don't put the cutlery to the side is because you want the cutlery taken away as well. Round of applause for me. Uh, Lara's in Highgate. Lara, question or answer? Uh, answer. Go on, quickly. Uh, well, the uh, red carpet comes from Greek times where it was used for dignitaries and heroes and it is mentioned in Agamemnon, which is a play by Aeschylus. Oh, round of applause. Oh, go on, quickly. That's it. Yay. A lovely noise. All right, that's it for me for another day. I am James O'Brien. This is LBC. Here is Julia Hartley-Brooks.